Hi everyone, I'm Daniela and you're listening to the Mellow Moment Pet Health Podcast. In today's episode, I talked to Anita Borbor from Animal OrthoCare about all the wonderful work the company is doing to support the care of animal joints, limbs, and bones. If you want to learn about how bracing goes beyond prosthetics and how animal ortho care gets personal and customizable, listen to Anita's discussion today. Hi everyone, I'm Daniela from Mella Pet Care and today I'm joined by Anita. She's the general manager of the Animal Ortho Care and she's actually here with another guest. This is Atlas, he's a poodle pointer and you may or may not see him on screen. You may hear him, who knows, he might join as the second guest and third person on this podcast. So Anita and Atlas, it's so nice to have you on today. Thanks for having me, Daniela. Excited to be here. Of course. And so to start off, would like to introduce yeah. yourself and give some personal background for the listeners? Yeah. So I'm the general manager of AOC, Animal Ortho Care. Uh, we are a bracing and prosthetics company. We're a veterinary medical device company. We make pain management products. And uh, in addition to that, I would say our, our mission is uh, as a life extension company for animals. So we, we're thriving to exceed um, just the quality of life and care for all pets in need. Uh, my background, so I actually don't have a veterinary background. I started in the human medical device space. And my company that I was with at the time, it got acquired by our parent company, which is called Sarah's Corp. And so I was still operating in that area. I launched several products uh, within that division. And uh, after we had merged our companies, there was a need within the veterinary division. And so I kind of got moved into this position initially as a marketing director, and then I got moved up as a general manager. Uh, and that's where I've just kind of been ever since. And I absolutely love it. No, yeah, I love that. And I remember I walked past your booth at Super Zoo and what caught my eye was your little campsite. And so honestly, I had no idea what your company was, but I saw the little fireplace go in and the little marshmallows and I was like, this is awesome. And I stopped by yeah. and yeah, I, I just loved then seeing your, the little prosthetics that you put on just like toy animals. And I was like, these people yeah. are so cool. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it, it kind of was a dream of mine to do something out of the box because after being in the human medical space, there's, there's a lot more limitations in terms of like creativity and what you can do. Um, the product I was working on was an FDA regulated product. So coming from there and moving into to the pet space, there was so much more that I could play around with. And I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, trade shows are kind of very cut and dry within the human side. And so when I when I knew that we were going to Super Zoo, I, I knew that I wanted it to kind of exceed everyone's expectations and just be very different and outside the box. Oh yeah, it, it was super fun. So I'd love to kind of hear the, the inspiration behind animal ortho care and what really makes you guys different. So 
I would say the inspiration, I'll give you a little bit more background um, of our CEO and kind of how he kind of started um, this company and why he chose uh, acquiring Animal OrthoCare in the first place. Um, so the CEO actually happens to be my father-in-law now. At the time he wasn't. Um, I am married to his son who also owns, um, at the time he had owned a manufacturing company and we've kind of joined forces and merged all of our companies together. So when he started Sarah's Corp, his vision was to focus on solely a, a, a pet bracing company. So he wanted to do that. He wanted to have, uh, I would say bracing that's more off the shelf. So not custom. And then he saw an opportunity with, um, the human medical product that I was a part of that was called Orthocore Medical. And so we decided to join forces. He purchased the company. And then he, a lot of the, the effort and the focus has been shifted to the human side, but his passion has always been with animals. He's an animal lover. And um, he, I think he would run into um, the founder of Animal OrthoCare at a trade show. And he knew this is what he wanted. And he wanted to add this to our product portfolio. So he purchased the company and we basically have just been kind of growing the business and growing the vision of it. We started off initially with, with bracing for just knees. It's expanded to more than just that. So we focus on dogs, but we also brace other animals. We'll brace alpacas, goats, horses, just any animal that you can think of. Um, and then in addition to that, we've also incorporated the pain management products that we have on the human side of our business. So we've brought that into the animal space and that's really exciting. And I think that's his inspiration is just to, to improve the quality and care of products that are out there within the veterinary space. There just really isn't um, a lot of options out there. And, and I would say bracing and prosthetics are relatively new in the animal world. People don't even know that it exists. So yeah, that was no. a long answer to answer your question, but. No, I think that's, that's such an interesting background and it's definitely yeah. true that it is very new. And sometimes when people yeah. think about that side of things, they really only think about prosthetics, right? If you right. as a pet have lost a limb, and you know you need a prosthetic okay great you have one but bracing is super fascinating because that is very new that we don't see a lot of animals with all four limbs who are actually getting extra support and so then specifically on a more scientific level what like health and anatomical issues do your products actually help treat great question so i would say about 85 to 90% of our customers are dogs that we treat. And of that, I would say 90% are probably CCL tears. Hmm. CCL tears is one of the most common injuries in dogs and CCL. So it, it's equivalent to the human ACL and, uh, it you can't really see it, but it's a kind of a tiny ligament. That's kind of nestled be, between the, the knee center of a dog. So when it tears, the dog can either have like a partial tear or they could have a full tear. And if they have a partial tear, there is the opportunity for that to heal and the dog will build up scar tissue. Um, but if it's a full tear, you definitely have to do surgery or you have to figure out some, some sort of conservative management to help with that healing process. Um, so 
kind of going back to, to, you know, like what are some of the anatomical issues that they're facing? I would say CCL tear is probably number one. Mm-hmm. I would say second to that, the second most common injury that we see is I would say back issues. We have a back brace for dogs with a condition called intervertebral disc disease. And that is for dogs that suffer um, from where the, the discs in the back, they start to calcify. And what will happen is the dog will kind of hunch over, they'll have a lot of pain in their back and it can often lead to paralysis. So those are some of the the common conditions. Um, In addition to CCL tears, I would say arthritis is very common and we do brace for that as well with our custom products. Um, And then our pain management products, I would say also apply to arthritis and that that does help with that. I'm just trying to think out loud. So, so last year we actually launched a wheelchair, which I was very excited to launch. Um, we have, we found there was this portion of the market that we were just not catering to. We'd have people ask us, you know, if their dogs have some sort of lameness or their paralysis in the back legs, we really didn't have a solution for that. And I saw it as an, as an opportunity to introduce wheelchairs and that product has just taken off. Um, we are currently actually out of stock of a lot of sizes and this month we should be expecting some more in. Um, but as dogs get older, I would say overall, there's just, uh, um, a deterioration of the joints. And so those are some of the issues that we're faced with that we try to, to brace for, or just help to supplement that with pain management. Yeah, that's really interesting. I did not know that about the CCL at all. I do know that the other week I did see at one of the pet events, a dog with a wheelchair and it is very heartwarming. And just to see that they can actually move and they seem to be, you know, happy and taking full advantage of their ability. And so they're just zooming around and it's just fantastic to see that that's possible now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That, that is actually one of the best things like to start my day, if we get videos, from pet owners showing us their dogs walking or running again. It's absolutely breathtaking. Yeah, that's awesome. And so you did touch a little bit on the idea, this idea of customization. And so, you know, if I have a dog who needs a brace, how do I approach you? How do I get my dog fitted for these devices? Great question. So let's just say if your dog had a CCL tear, Um, what we would recommend is, you know, make sure you're checking with the veterinarian to see, is this something that, um, with a CCL tear, is it a full tear? Is it a partial tear? That way we can actually provide the appropriate information in terms of, you know, how long your dog should be wearing a brace for, or if your dog has a full tear, they can wear the brace for the rest of their life. It's just that it's not going to heal. We try to be as transparent as possible, um, because, we don't want to put ourselves out there and say that, yes, our brace is going to work. And then it doesn't. Right. Um, but in terms of customization, we start with the customer sending us photos. Uh, we ask them a little bit more about, you know, how the injury may have happened. Um, we also ask for pictured measurements. And then when the, the customer puts in an order, we send them a casting kit. When they receive the casting kit, it takes, I would say approximately like eight minutes for them to do the entire process from start to, to finish. And they'll lay the dog down. They will open up a roll of casting tape, dip it in water, squeeze it, and then wrap the dog's leg. 
And then that will take around two to three minutes to set. And then they have a cutter that we send with it and they cut that off. And then once the cast um, is removed, it'll be hardened. And so we use that, we'll get that sent back to us. And then our fabrication team will then fill that cast with plaster. And then they'll start to modify that and build that up. And from that, they pull plastic, they heat it in the oven and the customer will pick the color of you know, the print that they want on there. Uh, we put straps, we put pads on it and we ship it out and we finish it up and the customer gets it. They put it on their dog. There's a break-in period. So we, we, we typically recommend when they first get the brace to wear it for half hour on, half hour off. And then um, they build up with half hour increments as the days go on. And so by like the end of a week, they should be able to have the dog wearing the brace throughout the day um, when they're up and moving around and they take it off, you know, in times of rest. So that's the entire process from start, start to finish. Um, so to kind of answer your question of, in terms of customization, I think the, the custom brace is probably the best option that we offer because it, it will fit the dog's leg like a glove. It is their it is their leg that we're we're taking a molded cast from and we're creating that custom brace. Yeah, honestly, eight minutes is nothing. I, I think that's fantastic that it's such a, a fast process because you all, you definitely don't want it to be a, a very hard process for the pet parent. You don't want to say, okay, it's, you know, an hour to do this yeah. and then that and then this. So I love that you kind of distilled that process down to only make it eight minutes. I will say when you're, when you're probably doing it for the first time, it, it feels like an hour. <laughs> dog, if, if your dog's not used to kind of being manipulated or their if their leg is injured and you're kind of holding it and wrapping it, they could be protective. They could be like wiggly. So we we've practiced it so much and we do it all the time. It's kind of second nature, but uh, doing it for the first time as a pet owner, you know, kudos to all those pet pet owners that have done it. And, uh, I know you, sometimes they have to repeat the process. If they mess it up, it can be challenging, but, um, at the end of the day, when you see your dog with that brace on running around, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I could definitely see how that would be so worth it. It would be worth the eight minutes or the hour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so you did mention briefly also that, you know, you get these stories from your customers and brightens up your day. And so yeah. if you feel comfortable sharing any inspirational stories, I'd love to hear one or two. Yeah. So um, I would say one of the most fondest memories I had was um, we had a dog uh, named Loki. Uh, so our team was working with his parents, um, to get him a prosthetic and he had developed bone cancer. So what had happened? So Loki was a hunting dog. And so he would go out for hunts with his dad and, you know, that was his favorite thing to do. So you can imagine, you know, a dog, them finding out that he has bone cancer and his passion, his, his love and his dream, you know, to, to go out hunting, um, he couldn't do that anymore mm. for a long period of time. And um, when he, when they found out that he was diagnosed with cancer, they knew immediately that they had to act quickly and amputate his leg. I believe it was his, his front limb. And so the doctors did the amputation and then they, they knew they wanted something to help him get back to, you know, normalcy in his life. 
So they found us online after a Google search and they reached out to us and we were, you know, talking back and forth and we built a prosthetic, we sent it out. And I will be honest with you, sometimes, you know, with the cast, if a dog is moving around or, you know, if there's any swelling in the area, it might not fit the best. So our team usually will work with the pet owners. We'll have them send it back to us and we'll make modifications if needed. So there was an iteration where they had to send it back to us. We made some modifications and I would say probably like a month or two in, they sent us a video of Loki and he, there was baby steps because with, with a prosthetic, there are some challenges there. A dog's not going to be quite comfortable with having something on their, their, um, their limb that was previously amputated. And so it took, I would say like a good month or so for him to kind of get used to it and walk on it properly and put down weight on it. And they sent us a video with him just kind of like quickly walking. And then they also followed up with another video of him walking over to the door and then sitting and then using his, his leg with the prosthetic to, to hit the door to say that he wanted to go outside. <laughs> and like that was heartwarming because what it just shows is that dogs are such adaptive creatures and a lot of people don't really expect, you know, dogs to, to understand and, and, and get used to using the product, um, and wanting to use it and wanting to kind of go out. Um, I have, I haven't talked to their family in some time, but I definitely want to reach out to see if they've taken him back out hunting. Cause that was his love. That's what he wanted to do. Um, but those stories, they're always heartwarming to me because you just see the happiness in the, in the dog's face you see them how they're walking and running around but also for the pet owner a lot of people just don't talk about the impact on the pet owner the stress the the sadness um the the dependence on the pet parents to have to take care of that animal and you know always have to be there and so it is a very stressful situation to be in and it's so great to hear when they're when they're so happy when they, their dog is happy, they're happy, but they're also not stressed out about, you know, having their dog be dependent on them, if that makes sense. So to me, that was, it's not like, you know, an over the top story, but it's always amazing just to see the little things that matter, like them using their limbs to, you know, communicate. Yeah, no, I love that story. I do love how how simple it is too that, you know, that could happen to any pet who has to go through an amputation and get a prosthetic that, you know, you don't want to think about it. But if that happens to your pet, you might understand that they can adapt and they will get better. And so I, I think that is definitely very beautiful. <laughs> love that. And so I, I love also the evolution that you've gone through, right? The, the way that the companies merged and changed a little bit, just like quite a whirlwind story that you shared earlier with the inspiration and the company and the other one. And so I'd love to just hear what the future has in store for animal ortho care, where you see yourself in two, five years and what goals you have for the future. Well, as I mentioned before, our vision is to be a, a company that is focused on the quality care of pets. And um, I think for me, at least, um, I want to kind of marry my, our pat, like my passion of helping sanctuaries and rescues, and then also helping um, just pet owners 
knowing that there's options out there, I think that's very important. So education is very critical. Um, and I'm hoping in the next two to three years, we see that not just pet owners, veterinarians, and um, other people within the veterinary medical space um, have a better understanding of what bracing does, because that's been kind of our biggest challenge. Um, we find that pet owners are kind of, they're fighting this battle, which they shouldn't with, with um, their veterinarian, um, because the only option they're being provided right now is surgery. Mm. And some pet owners either can't afford it or their dog is at the end of their life. They're like 12, 13 years old, and they just don't want to put their dog through it. And so a lot of the feedback we're getting from pet parents, and this is obviously not every veterinarian, um, you know, they, they have concerns that bracing is not a good option for dogs. Um, and that surgery is usually the better option, which I totally, I totally understand every dog is different. And in there are situations where bracing is not the best situation for that specific dog. Um, but I think right now, because within the veterinary field, there's not courses that, that veterinarians are being trained on. There's not as much information provided out there to show clinical efficacy. Um, and so working with research institutions in the future is definitely something I would love to do. If they have bracing and prosthetics um, that they can use, you're preventing a lot of other conditions um, from developing in the future. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, as I mentioned before, we are a life extension company and um, the products that I see us adding to our, uh, our website, we are working right now on supplements. Uh, we get asked that a lot from pet owners that, you know, okay, I'm doing bracing. What else can I do? Um, so I would say supplements is very important starting early. And so we are working on developing supplements and I'm really excited to launch that. And then in addition to that, I would say um, more mobility products. There are products I think out there that can help with prevention of um, just injuries from happening, like having dog ramps. So dogs can kind of get up and down from couches. Uh, we hear many stories of doxies uh, because they have long backs, they're, they're more prone to IVDD. And so them just having dog ramps so they're not jumping off and on, you know, onto couches prevents injury. So things like that, um, I, I think that's what gets me excited in the morning when I wake up. No, that's so good. I love the just laundry list of ideas that you have. <laughs> it's just ambitious in the best way possible. And so you definitely have a very exciting future ahead. And yeah, can't wait to see what you guys build. Yeah, I'm excited. Part of the reason I'm not sleeping very much. but <laughs> <laughs> No, but that's good. It's good. Yeah, it yeah. keeps you up at night in a good way. <laughs> yeah. So you're actually at the perfect time then to answer our Mela signature question. So every guest that has, you know, metaphorically, if not physically, virtually sat across from me at this podcast table has gotten to answer this question because it leads to such a wonderful variety of perspectives and different answers. And so for you here... What does pet health and wellness mean to you in today's day and age? I think pet wellness for me means not just not settling for what's already out there and advancing, I think, the technologies for animals and not accepting the status quo. 
that's what it means for me because there, I think there's just so many opportunities out there that of, of products and technologies that we use in the human medical space that are not being used within the animal space. And I would love to be that company that brings that product, uh, that suite of products over into the veterinary medical space. That's, I think that's probably the, the most exciting part is just seeing that there are areas of opportunity to improve the, the, the health and wellness of animals. And in doing so, I think that also improves the health and wellness of humans, us, you know, if our, if our animal friends are happy, we're also happy. And I think that they impact us in a positive way, both emotionally and physically. So unfortunately, as we're wrapping up this short episode, I know that every listener is going to pause the episode and go and read about you guys. And so how can they keep up to date with what you're up to? Uh, Definitely Instagram and Facebook. We're on there. I believe we're on LinkedIn. I'm sure we're on Pinterest too. We have a Pinterest account. Um, And then they can also find us. So we're based out in Blaine, Minnesota. We're headquartered here in Minnesota. Um, If you're ever in the area and want to drop by, you're more than welcome to. We are always happy to have people kind of come in and see our products and ask questions Um, and send us, send us questions. If you have questions, um, you can reach us at care at aocpet.com. Well, that's awesome. Hopefully everybody then just turns off the episode right now and goes over to your page. Now is the time to do it. (laughs) So Anita, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a great chat. Thanks so much, Daniela. It was a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you all for listening and make sure to check out the show notes for all links to everything mentioned in this episode. Head over to www.mela.ai to learn more about what's happening over here at Mela Pet Care and for more ways to keep your pet healthy and happy. And finally, don't forget to check out the Mela Moment Pet Health Podcast on LinkedIn and Instagram.